You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University's School of Journalism, Media and Culture. In each episode brought to you by the MA Broadcast Journalism students of 2021, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, me, Sarah David and Will Charlie will be speaking to ITV's Director of News, Michael Jamie. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is something that uh, we produce as students, but it's also a lot for those who are just early on in their careers or about to start broadcast journalism careers. So we thought we'd start right at the beginning, which for you was in 1985 when you graduated from Oxford. You obviously joined ITN um, within a year of graduating and by 1990, you were the edge of the news at 10. That is obviously a phenomenal career path. Our question really is, a lot has changed since then, but what do you feel is different about entry-level broadcast careers? And do you think that career path is still possible? I, I think an awful lot has, uh, has changed. I think in lots of senses, there are a great variety of opportunities um, that, that people can pursue. You know, back in the 1980s, there were four big broadcasters. Um, there were no digital startups. The independent production sector in the UK had only just um, got started. Therefore, unless you started a career in the BBC or um, independent um, uh, television, you, you would be more likely to be looking at local newspapers or local radio to, to start in. If you have the ambition now to do video journalism, uh, there are more television outlets than there were, but there are also more things that you can do purely in the digital world. Uh, and I think that's a really um, uh, positive thing. Um, I, you know, I think there are, always have been in journalism multiple different career routes. You meet people in their mid-40s who started in completely different places and ended up working in the same newsroom having had vastly different experiences along the way. I think that's always been the case, but it's probably in a world of you know, so many digital outlets going to be even more the case um, uh, in the future. So in a sense, I think it matters less where you start, um, but more having a really positive attitude, really wanting to be a journalist, caring about the journalism, caring about the per pursuit of, um, uh, uh, of truth, throwing yourself into it and, um, you know, and seeing where your particular uh, career takes you. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and then to maybe bring it back to 2020, um, you were, um, talking a lot in the talk you just gave us about um, the challenges of COVID, which you said you thought was the biggest news story since TV news began back in 1955. Um, I know you touched a lot on the challenges um, you faced as a broadcaster in the um, talk, but for our podcast listeners, do you think you could summarise those challenges that you faced this year with the national news, but also with um, your regional news channels as well? Yeah, I think the pandemic has been the biggest television news story since TV started in the mid-1950s. Not necessarily because there haven't been stories of equal significance, you know, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the end of communism in Eastern Europe, or the Arab Spring and things that um, flowed from, from that, or the advent of the internet and digitalization and the impact it's had on society. You know, you can name some really big stories that have had an enormous impact. You can also think of stories where perhaps there have been single days of more dramatic pictures, you know, disasters or 
the landing on the moon. Um, what's unique about the pandemic though, is that it's affected every populated continent in the world. It's affected every family in Britain and it's changed the way television news has had to be made. And it's those three factors together that um, make me think it's the, the, the biggest story of, uh, of the television era. Lockdown came very quickly. We saw the story slowly creep up for, uh, on us from you know, sending our um, Beijing correspondent, Debbie Edward, to Wuhan in January, the story spreading through Southeast Asia, uh, reports from Italy in, uh, in February, March. You could see the story coming towards you in retrospect at least, but there'd been previous epidemics that hadn't spread around the world. Uh, so there was a, you know, a sense of caution, was this going to be the, the, the big pandemic that some experts had, uh, had seen coming for a long time or not? And then it arrived uh, in the UK and we went into to lockdown in that second, third week. And the way news was made changed overnight. Newsrooms are normally busy places with scores of people working cheek by jowl. And suddenly, um, whilst keeping the services on air, we had probably 20% you know, of the normal numbers in the newsroom with everybody else working from home, researching from home, heading off onto stories staying two metres plus away from uh, reporters and uh, television crews um, being distanced. Uh, and yet it was vital that television news stayed on the air. We had a really important public service to fulfil, from giving the basic information of what the health experts were saying people should do, to explaining government policy, but also questioning government policy and politicians who had taken sort of unprecedented powers, if you like, to the government. It was really important that during that period, there was democratic accountability and journalism played a really big role in that. And a number of people said to us that they found seeing television news still on the air immensely reassuring, especially regional broadcasting. Um, regional presenters for a lot of people are familiar figures, almost friends in their living room. And to see regional news services carrying on, telling people the story about the pandemic, but being there at the regular expected times every day was I think immensely reassuring. And there were lots of places where you could get the national news, but rather fewer places where you could get local news. And therefore I think regional television played an absolutely vital role during those key days of lockdown and since, especially as the rules have been a bit different in different parts of the country at, uh, at various points, you know, the story hasn't been one universal story across the UK. And therefore ITV, for instance, with its 18 different regional services, has been able to give those local stories uh, and viewers have found that immensely valuable. Another big event this year has obviously been the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, now, last year you did a speech to the Media Trust and you talked about how broadcast journalism it's something you can do uh, responsibly, but crucially with a social conscience. Obviously the new BBC social guidelines say that their staff shouldn't support things such as Black Lives Matter. So where do you see this social conscience fitting in with impartiality rules? Yeah, I think television news should properly reflect the society it reports to. It's important that our newsrooms are um, diverse. It's important that we're properly in touch with our audiences. Our regional newsrooms, for instance, have diversity panels that we draw from different communities in the region to give constructive feedback on our programmes. Uh, I think uh, television news serves an important social function 
by being impartial, uh, by reporting uh, stories accurately, to, and trying to get to the truth. We don't um, you know, favor one political faction over another. We are uh, truly impartial, but it's important that uh, television news um, you know, reflects the world as it is and is inquiring and where there's discrimination, um, intentional or otherwise, uh, that it plays a role in revealing that. Uh, I think the, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests, the argument, the discussion uh, around the nature of our society uh, has been clearly an enormously important event of um, 2020. And I think we've played an important role in reporting that, but also being able to reflect uh, you know, a broad variety of, um, of, of voices and different people's perspectives. And I think television news can play uh, an important role in society by giving a forum for debate and by letting uh, all, uh, all voices be heard. Yeah, it's interesting that you um, speak about how TV news should reflect society as a whole. And you also touched on the different rules that have been across all the devolved nations during the pandemic. Um, obviously we're here training, studying in Cardiff and in Wales. Um, and I know, I know you've touched on regional news, but to talk about the national news as well. I know from a personal, point of view when I'm watching the national news not just with ITV but with BBC as well if I'm watching news at six news at ten I can sometimes feel maybe underrepresented as a Welsh person and I feel sometimes it can be kind of England based news rather than um, a four nations based news and I'm sure maybe other people in devolved nations would feel the same um, so I just wanted to take the time to ask you as the director of ITV news do you think Wales and other devolved nations, do you feel they're represented enough in the national news? And if not, what steps could you perhaps take um, to rectify that? Uh, I think it's a, a good question and, and uh, an issue that we discuss a lot. You've got the challenge in the United Kingdom of producing a UK-wide news that reports to four nations, where one of those nations, England, is so enormous and has such a high proportion of the population. And what we've done within ITV is at six to seven and uh, 10 to 10.45, is provide a service that is both UK and for the nations. So at six o'clock, you get half an hour of national news for Wales. There is no national news for England in the same slot. There are regional news, news for different parts of England in that same slot. And again, 6 to 6.30, there's a national news in Northern Ireland made by UTV uh, and um, similar service in Scotland for, uh, for STV. So I think we serve the nations very well. The question then is, how do you deal with a UK news that needs to report uh, for English viewers on the UK government and actions that affect England without the nations feeling underrepresented in, uh, in that. And I think that we've um, done probably a better job on that in the latter parts of the pandemic than most broadcasters did right at the beginning. I think there probably was some confusion in uh, viewers' minds as to what 
regulations applied in England and, and what applied elsewhere. And of course, right at the beginning, although the, um, uh, the four governments were making their own decisions, they were rather more in lockstep than, you know, than from May uh, onwards um, um, they, they became. And I think probably journalism as a whole was a little slow on the uptake on that and on that shift. Uh, and I think people are more conscious of that uh, issue than before. Um, you know, but there will always be an element of challenge around reporting a, a four-nation um, settlement in the UK when one of those nations has more than 85% of the population. And I think it's important that we signal where a rule applies to, um, that we use clear language. I think it's important that not just important reporting COVID, but reporting generally, that we try and find pieces that inform the whole of the UK population about the differences between um, the, 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 the various nations uh, that we compare and contrast. Um, but, uh, but it will always be a challenge in a UK programme doing that. And I think some of the criticism um, some of the criticism is valid, and I think that it's you know, important for journalists in London to fully understand uh, the devolved uh, settlement and to have it consciously in people's minds. But some of the criticism, I also think, um, should at least be tempered by recognition that the national UK news comes in the same news hour as dedicated programmes for each of those, um, each of those nations. Um, in, in Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland, and that there is no separate um, programme for the whole of England. Um, as starter, a trainee journalist, I should say, one of our big concerns is getting people to speak to us. And when they do, uh, particularly when you're holding them to account, that they don't feel alienated. Obviously, Good Morning Britain, ITV's flagship programme, has been boycotted by the government for months now. Why do you think that is, and, and what do you think um, journalists can do to avoid those kind of situations? Yeah, uh, Good Morning Britain isn't part of uh, ITV News, so it's not a, an area of my own responsibility. Um, I think it's always regrettable when uh, government ministers uh, don't want to take part in uh, any form of, um, of, of questioning programme, and I'd encourage all politicians um, to do so. Uh, I think it's important that, um, you know, journalism um, pursues the truth, gives people a, a fair chance to express their views, but I would um, always encourage those in authority or power to be to be willing to be, be questioned in any public forum. Well, I think that will bring our 10 minutes to an end, I think. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast, Michael, um, and yeah, all the best. Yeah. Great pleasure. All the best to you. <laughs>